Hello and welcome to Calling All Detectives from otrgold.com. This episode will begin after a brief message from our sponsors. Calling All Detectives! When it comes to murder, I've had some strange cases, including one where the victim named his own killer. That is the situation on this page from my casebook. The casebook of Jerry Browning, private detective. Believe me, Jerry Browning, private detective. When it comes to murder, nobody's word is good. The man who entered my office about 3.30 one afternoon looked vaguely familiar to me. He was middle-aged, stoutish, with a round face and serious eyes. He was wearing an overcoat, tightly buttoned up. Harold Maynard is my name, Mr. Browning. I'm your neighbor. I have an office down the hall, room 643. I recognized him then. Yes, I thought you looked familiar, Mr. Maynard. Sit down. You look a little tired. Maynard smiled gratefully and eased himself into a chair. I waited a few moments. Then, is this a social call, Mr. Maynard? He tried to smile. Didn't quite make it. I'm consulting you professionally, Mr. Browning. Do you investigate murder cases? Under certain circumstances. I work closely with the police. Maynard nodded. Good. Mr. Browning, I'd like you to investigate a murder. A few minutes ago, I had a visitor at my office. Tall, dark, heavy man. Called himself Franklin King. Don't think that's his right name. I'm a promoter, Mr. Browning. Invest my money in new patents. This man... His voice trailed off. I waited a few moments, and when he didn't say anything more, tried to prompt him. What about the murder, Mr. Maynard? Who's been killed? Maynard stood up, tore at his overcoat, flung it open. I have. I've been stabbed. Catch him, Browning. I ran over to him, but I needn't have hurried. He was dead. A neighbor in my office building came in and asked me to catch his own murderer. Jerry, do you mean to say this man actually walked in here and named his killer? I wiped my brow. That's exactly what he did, Dawson. Why, don't you believe me? Lieutenant Dawson looked down at the body. Don't get sore, Jerry. Of course I believe you. What I don't understand is how he could have walked the length of the corridor and sat here talking to you with a wound like that. Dawson shook his head. He must have kept himself alive by sheer willpower. At Maynard's tiny office down the hall, Dawson and I learned nothing. Maynard had no stenographer, and none of his immediate office neighbors had heard any commotion or seen the mysterious Franklin King that Maynard mentioned to me. In Maynard's filing cabinets, there was no folder on King, nothing that could give us any further clue to the killer's true identity. In Maynard's wallet was a card listing his wife as the one to notify in case of emergency. Now Dawson and I were on our way to his home for just that purpose. We had a terrible half hour. Mrs. Maynard was a nice-looking woman who appeared considerably younger than her husband. Because there's no easy way of breaking the kind of news I was carrying, I simply said, I'm sorry, Mrs. Maynard. Your husband is dead. He's been killed. Yeah? She collapsed. After a while, she came to and tried to answer the questions we had to ask her. She'd seen her husband only a few hours earlier. They'd lunched together, and she'd driven him to his office. 
At that time, he was cheerful, discussed a new electronic device in which he expected to invest, made no mention of a tall, dark, heavy man called Franklin King. In her present condition, that was all Mrs. Maynard could tell us. Finally, Mrs. Maynard, you're in no condition now to do any thinking, but after you calm down, please search your mind. Your husband must have said something about this King man. We want to catch his murderer. The slightest hint may help us. I dropped everything else I was doing and concentrated on the Maynard case. I spent one whole day in room 643 sifting through every single document, every letter in Maynard's files. There was correspondence with literally hundreds of inventors and businessmen who wanted Maynard to invest in their various projects. Not one of them was Franklin King. I sat in Lieutenant Dawson's office and listened as he patiently questioned Mrs. Maynard. Took her through every moment of the time she'd spent with her husband in the days immediately preceding his murder. They both looked completely exhausted. Finally, I couldn't stand it any longer. Look, Mrs. Maynard, you're trying too hard. Maybe if you don't force it, you'll remember something suddenly. And if you do, no matter how silly it may seem, call one of us at once. The break came the next morning. Mrs. Maynard had remembered her name, Benjamin Arthur. Dawson came right over to see me. We've got it, Jerry. The guy called himself Franklin King, but his real name is Benjamin Arthur. Benjamin Franklin King Arthur, get it? I got it. It sounds awfully pat to me, Dawson. No, it's just logical. When a man takes a phony name, he always picks something close to his own. This Benjamin Arthur tried for months to sell an invention to Maynard. There's a letter in Maynard's file dated about a year ago in which this author guy accused Maynard of stealing his invention. He's our man, Jerry, and we'll have him under arrest before the day is over. Dawson had Benjamin Arthur under arrest in less than three hours. The man was living under his own name at the Westville Hotel. Why did you kill him, Arthur? Why did you do it? Benjamin Arthur was a small, studious man who refused to get excited. Gentlemen, at one time I suspected Mr. Maynard of trying to steal my invention. However, I never met him, and I certainly didn't kill him. Nobody could shake Arthur's story. And what's more important, nobody could shake his alibi. It was absolutely ironclad. On the day Maynard was murdered, Benjamin Arthur had been in a city 300 miles distant, where he had spent the entire day in conference with a complete board of directors of a chemical plant. And that was that. I drove directly from police headquarters to the Maynard home. And when Mrs. Maynard ushered me into the living room... I'm not going to ask you any more questions, Mrs. Maynard. I'm just going to tell you a story... about a man who's been stabbed and knows that he hasn't got much longer to live... but who forces himself to live long enough to invent... during his last moments of life... a name and identity for a fictitious murderer... This man, your husband, picks a name out of the air, Franklin King. But the name isn't as fictitious as the dying man thinks. Franklin King, Benjamin Arthur. An association in the mind of a dying man. An association that a smart killer who is being pressed realizes and offers to the police. Mrs. Maynard, you killed your husband. You stabbed him in the course of a quarrel, and he didn't want you to go to the chair for it. Dying, he still tried to protect you. I always suspected you a little because your husband was wearing his overcoat when he came into my office. You stabbed him in your car, didn't you? Yeah. She finally admitted it. That was how it happened. He was an old man, 
with a young wife. They quarreled incessantly, once too often. Like I said, when it comes to murder, you can't believe anybody. Not even the victim. <laughs> 